Okay. If you close your eyes, your life, a naked truth revealed. Dreams you never lived and scars never healed. In the darkness, light will take you to the other side. And you find me there waiting. See if you just close your eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode seven of the Essential Wrestling Podcast. My name is Al Carl. We are here uh, once again with my good friends, John Smith, and the first ever PWP champion, John DeConti. And we are here, thanks to in part our good friends at the Blackjack Media Networks, the Eastern Observer, and of course, sponsored by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends, play against the universe. Gentlemen, how are we today? John Smith, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Al? I'm doing very well. Doing well. Like I said, it's episode seven. This is our Stars and Stripes episode. This is our career-ending match episode. I think one of your careers is going to be on the line today. And not to mention, the Undertaker is going to go one-on-one, one-and-0 in this episode. So this is going to be a fun one. John Conti, how are you today? Very good, sir. Thanks for having me along again. And, John, like I, I was mentioning to you uh, in pre-production in the gorilla position. Um, normally, I make a Star Wars reference uh, when it comes to our episode numbers. Do we even go into the, the, the new trilogy? Do we even mention The Force Awakens in the next two? There was a lot of hype and energy around seven. By the time we got to eight, ooh. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed seven. Eight was a little rough. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about eight. I'll talk about eight with Tyler when he gets there. Uh, but, gentlemen, we had a, uh, a pretty fun week in wrestling this week. Uh, the clock is ticking on Adam Cole. Uh, tag teams are taking center stage in all elite wrestling. Every title was defended at Backlash. We have a new Intercontinental Champion as of last Friday. Christian, as you heard his lyrics at the top of the show, Christian had one more match. <laughs> but we're going to main event, and we're, oh, I'm sorry, and we're going to main event the show with this week's picks uh, coming up. There's no pay-per-views this weekend, but we have a lot of action coming up on all of the brands. But we're going to curtain direct the show uh, with the headline from Sunday night, the main event, the hyped greatest wrestling match ever between Edge and Randy Orton. John DeConi, you're kind of smiling and snickering down there on the bottom screen. Would you like to take us off? And any thoughts, questions, comments, criticisms? How, how did you think this went? Uh, well, the match itself I thought was very good, but I thought it was absolutely awesome the way they started it. The single spotlight on the old MSG dual microphones, the voice of the Fink, and then they immediately ruined it with the piped-in crowd noise. Oh, you didn't like the crowd noise? Well, they, uh, Tom Phillips did mention before the match that they were going to do that, so I, I'm actually happy they didn't try to insult our intelligence well, by yeah, just that... doing it, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, honestly, uh, I, my, my fiancé can attest to this. I legit teared up when I heard Howard Fingal's voice. Absolutely. There was a tear in my eye. John Smith, your thoughts? I was definitely shocked to hear his voice. Uh, The piping crowd noise, I don't mind so much if it's just, you know, your, your, you know, white noise in the background. But once they start trying to push a narrative, saying with the holy chance and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel organic, you know. Yeah, it's, it's tough to do. I, I know they wanted to do right by it, by putting in the crowd noise, and I believe that's what uh, Tom Phillips' explanation. 
uh, why they did that. Um, Randy Orton put out a tweet uh, before the show, and normally I don't like to re, uh, you know, to reference Twitter, um, but he actually it it, it helps uh, tune in, uh, you know, the discussion on this match. Uh, before the match, tune in to see if we deliver or bleep the bed. <laughs> John the Connie, did they bleep? Did they bleep the bed? Absolutely not. I think it was uh, an interesting and entertaining match. Uh, I love the fact when they went to the series of borrowing other people's finishers, the edge using the kill switch, and uh, uh, what uh, Orton went with pedigree. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure and you popped Aaron Miller, that. Edge, edge paying tribute to Booker T by hitting the bookend. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I thought that was a nice touch on it. You know, I've been waiting all the past day and a half, and like, I can't wait to call that the bookend on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> John Smith, like, okay, greatest greatest wrestling match of all time. I I think that's a little much. I think that was a high, high bar to hit. Uh, what was this anywhere near the greatest wrestling match of all time of ever? I I think all it needed was Kenny Omega. Yeah, exactly. I've been saying Otherwise, that. Yeah. I mean, for real though, it was. I, I'd give it four and a half if I were to. I'm not one for five, like doing a five star scale or anything like that. Yeah. But I would give it four and a half, you know, or an A, not an A plus. You know, it was it. They hyped it up too much. It almost couldn't be as good as they said. Yeah, I think I think the lack of the crowd did have something to do with that. Because I know a lot of the, the the matches being discussed and thrown around, and well, I'll ask you. Uh, what you're, you know, what you feel is the greatest wrestling match of all time. I know the crowd in reaction has a lot to do with it, and that's because of the emotional investment in it. Now, the only way that this can be considered the greatest wrestling match of all time is if you're the biggest Edge fan of all time, you're the biggest Randy Orton fan of all time, and you have an extreme emotional investment in the story, in the match, in those two guys, and everything that was doing. You have to check all of those boxes, and then yes, it could be the greatest wrestling match of all time. But if it doesn't, it doesn't check every single box, and a lot of it has to do with the emotional involvement. And that's the thing with me. Like that match was fantastic. I agree with you both. That match was absolutely fantastic for a wrestling match. I I love Randy Orton. As you can see, I had my Apex Predator shirt. I have nothing against Edge. I was more, I'm more of a Christian guy, and we'll get into that. But. It's not. It's not exactly. Everyone, you know, I would joke around about Kenny Omega, but you know, it's not Kenny Omega and CM Punk. Then it's not going to be the greatest. Event. That's they have the emotional attachment to those two guys, you know. Right. So, John, John the Connie, we'll, we'll finish up with you here. What is, in your opinion, or what did you, what do you think? What is the greatest wrestling match of all time? Uh, we were talking about this in the gorilla position. It, it's easy to go with Steamboat and Savage that was an unbelievable barn burner and uh john smith you might be a little too young but i know as a kid that match had me absolutely transfixed uh but you know i think in the modern era one of the best matches i've ever seen i would have to go with either of the two rvd versus jerry lynn in the old ecw for the uh, television title i think it was maybe hardcore heaven 98 or 99 okay those those matches were just holy s, you know, start yeah. to finish just about. John Smith, what what in your opinion, what do you got? No, I gave it a little bit more thought, and I'm going to go with Austin versus Triple H in three stages of hell. 
Oh, nice, nice. You see, but you're a huge Triple H fan. My my greatest wrestling match of all time also involves a Triple H, but you had the emotional involvement in it. You know what I'm saying? The crowd yeah. was into that match. And the same thing with ECW. Oh, my God, any type of ECW crowd with Rob Van Dam is is going to be nuts, and it's going to be emotionally invested in it. And, those was, and I think that's why, you know, years ago when Okada and Omega fought at Wrestle Kingdom, that was probably just – the, the, the mother of everything that was going on that yeah, 80,000 people 100% invested into that match. And it was an amazing match. Of course, like I said, going back to my opinion as obviously triple H versus Shawn Michaels for the European title on raw. <laughs> Couldn't have more emotional swing on that. As, right. And amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, going further into backlash, the WWE championship, John Smith, you and I picked, uh, Bobby Lashley, um, we I thought he had it. I thought he had it, and I'm sitting there, and then I saw her walk down the aisle, and I bleeped out loud. I bleeped, and you knew it was done. Uh, I forgot to take into effect the Lana factor. Uh, he was close. He was close. John Smith, your thoughts on, on the match as a whole and, and with Lana? And I guess we can fast forward. We can kind of turn this into Raw as well. Because uh, of what happened last night. Well, I the Lana thing I felt was a cop out. I feel like they didn't know how to end the match. I also feel like now that Paul Heyman is off the writing team for Raw, they're trying to get rid of the whole Bobby and Lana thing, which is why he asked her for a divorce yesterday as well. Yeah. So, you know, I didn't take that into consideration. Like you said, uh, you know, I thought that they were building up his was it the full Nelson? I thought they were building that up as such a strong move for the past month that I thought he was going to actually make him pass out with, with some interference from MVP, but I thought yeah. that was going to And he happen. got him in before the match started. That was another reason. There was two things I, I just, going into the match as well. MVP already planning the, the victory party. I thought that was, that was strike one. I uh, hit the Phil Nelson before the match started. I'm like, ah, that's strike two. Cause that was just, you got to wait till the end for that. And then strike three when Lana came out. So, you know, last kind of struck out on the situation. Uh, John DeConi, I, I didn't recall who you picked. I'm sure it was McIntyre. Majority of people in our pool uh, went with McIntyre other than me and John Smith. I know Tyler went with you, McIntyre. I actually went with Lashley. Oh, did you really? Okay. I did. Um, maybe from a more cynical aspect. I just thought uh, I, I, it struck me something you said back in January uh, when it first there first started to be the rumblings of Goldberg. Uh, and who would eventually go on to win the universal title. Yeah. And I remember you saying Vince just can't help himself. He, he, sees oh, yeah, the, yep. he sees the headline of Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. And I started thinking to myself, Vince just can't help himself in his mind. Maybe he thinks he's going to quell all the racial tensions in America by making Bobby Lashley, his champion. Yeah. But <laughs> And that's where I was with it too. I mean, I mean, I don't think he would have changed the outcome of the match specifically for that. But if they would have had Lashley win, and they got Lashley, Apollo Crews, the Street Profits, and our Truth, exactly, that's a very powerful picture you could have taken. And that's that's part of the reason why I was rooting for Bobby. That's, I, but you know, I, I had nothing against Drew. Um, and like I said, they had the rematch for the tag titles, or for it was a tag team match for the world title um, on Raw. Uh, MVP got the pin. I think they're gonna they're gonna keep circling around to this. They're gonna they're gonna. I think this has got extreme rules written on it. What kind of? Oh, 
That's a fun topic. What kind of match do you want to see these two in if it's going to be an extreme rules, right? <laughs> oh. If you guys think about that, first one who wants to talk, go for it. I, I haven't thought about that either until now. As long as it's not a stairs match. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that? Eric Rowan versus who? What was that? Mark Henry or Big well, Show? Well, that was that tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs pay-per-view. They were they yeah. the stairs on the end of the, the TLC. And and nothing on a pole. Nothing on a pole match. <laughs> Unless it's Judy Bagwell. That's about to say that why wasn't that in the conversation one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time was Judy Bagwell on a forklift. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Was that that wasn't Russo though, was it? That was before Russo. That wasn't Russo, was it? I just always assume if it's on a pole, it's Russo. Is there, <laughs> she wasn't on a pole though; she was on a forklift. That's a good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, we didn't get to see. I was calling a fiend uh, jumping of Braun Strowman uh, post match of Miz and Morrison, but it looks like we're gonna have to wait till that for Friday. I guess the Firefly Funhouse is coming back on SmackDown. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in that, but I think everybody uh, and Mrs. Bagwell knew that uh, Braun Strowman was gonna kind of was gonna come out victory, uh, victorious in his match against my beloved Miz and John Morrison. Um, the <laughs> the infamous no contest on a pay per view. Terrible. Yeah, we haven't had one of these in a while. Uh, unfortunately, like I said, over the past couple of years, when we've had to take no contests into consideration, they're really, if you look on the grand scale, there really hasn't been that many in the past five years when I've been really paying attention to it. But they got us uh, with Asuka and Nia Jax. It ruined Tyler's perfect pay-per-view. He was 5-1 and one with that being his only loss. Um. Any, any? Can you justify doing a no contest on backlash for this, John DeCani? I, I, I'll shoot with you first. I, I didn't see the point in it. You know, I mean, I, I, you were talking a couple of weeks ago. Naya has never beaten Oscar, right? No, never. And so, if you, if you were going to have the two of them fight, what is the point of delaying? a clean outcome one way or another. Either Asuka continues to dominate, which makes sense, or yeah. Nia finally gets her, you know, the, the first check in the win column. Having a no contest, I just didn't see any point to it. Now, the only thing I can I can justify it, and John Smith, maybe uh, you can probably prove me wrong on this one, <laughs> is for that this was the pay-per-view. So when we go back and look at the history of Backlash – you know, you'll see, oh, well, Nia, Nia didn't get pinned that night. You know, I mean, she didn't win, but she didn't lose either. So instead of just, you know, no one's going to go back to last night on Raw, except for me, um, <laughs> to see the actual outcome of the match that happens. But, I mean, that's the only explanation I can think of. John Smith, is is it anything else? Or am I wrong? I can't imagine. I just, uh, I think maybe because Nia just came back, they don't want to have her lose yet. This was a way to have that happen. You know, I just thought, like, of course she's not going to beat her. And she's not going to she's not gonna go and, and hit her with the steel chair or anything because it's not a blood feud. So, you know, double count out almost. It's It was a cop out. I know I used that phrase already for the other match, but I feel like it was just a, a way for them to, to end the match and just keep things rolling onto the next pay-per-view. 
you think they're going to go to extreme rules also? No, that's going to be that's going to be kind of terrifying. I'm terrified if I'm Oscar going into any type of weapons or any type of well, submission match. Or do they do yeah, that? Probably that, just, that they just put Oscar involved. Just keep weapons away from Nia Jax. It's it's really. I mean, I think we can all just we want to see Oscar. Be healthy through this. Yeah, no stairs match for her, definitely. No, no, no stairs match for Oscar. No. I thought it was also quite apropos to have Nia Jax borrow a move from Goldberg. She did hit a jackhammer. In she did. She did a jack. Braves actually. No, who was it? Uh, somebody called it uh, Small Joe, maybe a Jack's hammer. <laughs> I, I I couldn't believe she did that. She did it better than what he did at the Saudi show. That that was that was pretty. I think I could do it better than he did at the okay, Saudi so, show. Okay, so is it, the lesson of the match is. Nia might be bad, but she's not as bad as Bill Goldberg. There you go. She can at least hit a jackhammer. Can we get that on a crawl? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Nia Jacks, not as bad as Goldberg. Hot not take. <laughs> hot take. Speaking of hot takes, did you guys know that Akira Tozawa has ninjas on motorcycles? <laughs> Fast and Furious, baby. That is incredible. Everything I, that was going on with the Viking Prophets and that being their new name, here comes Akira Tozawa to steal the show with ninjas on. John Smith, you got the bigger smile right now, so I'm going to go to you first. Walk me I, through all this. I, I love it. I love it as long as it goes somewhere. If it was just a one-week thing just to get a pop out of us and that was it, then, then, then I don't like it, but yeah. If the characters out running around with a bunch of masked ninjas, you know, people will call it a, a Dark Order ripoff, maybe of some sort. But uh, see, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah. but you know how, how the internet trolls yeah, are. Yeah, I know, masks I know. with a leader. But all, all WWE does is rip off AEW. Meanwhile, just remember, guys, uh, in two weeks, Fighter Fest, remember, it's too big for just one night. <laughs> Simpsons <laughs> did it. Sorry. Are they really doing a two-night fighter fest? Oh yeah, it's two week. It's uh, yeah, it's first of the eighth. Yeah, two big for just one night, John. Wow. Yeah. Well, getting back to the tag team. Yeah, the Viking Prophets. Can't even call that a match, but whatever that cinematic disaster was, uh, you know, of course, my first reaction when the ninjas showed up was, you know, WTF. But the whole thing paid off for me once they were inside the dumpster, and. To go back to the Star Wars reference that started the show, we got the dumpster Dianoga. Can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that was missing from that, and you can say, I'm going to go with Star Wars. I'm going to go with the Family Guy version. I was with uh, the, the couch that Peter and Brian tried to take out of the, the door. <laughs> so good. So good. But yeah, the Viking Pro, they're, they're becoming more friends. I know they're going to we'll make that. Uh, they're going to be fighting next Monday night, finally, for the Raw Tag Team titles. Um, we'll get your picks later for that. But, yeah, that, that's, this, this, this has just been a lot of fun. I know looking at it, and you, you, it's two extremes of it. It's either this is, the, this is great, this is entertaining, this is fun, or they're just doing to the War Raiders, or I'm sorry, the Viking Raiders, what they did to the Revival. Like, this is not, like, this is not my War Raiders. This isn't War Machine. You know, like this is not no I, Eric. Uh, no, Ivar's hot and Eric's constantly smiling. You know, like it's, I, I, I like I like a little personality. I'm granted. I want I, I love 
the war machine aspect part of the Viking Raiders more than anybody because they can do some damage. But let them have some fun. This is great. This has been going on for how many weeks now with the Street Profits? And honestly, I, I've seen nothing but more positives than negatives out of this. Sure. Yeah, it's something different, you know? Um, We'll go back the pre-show. If you're Apollo Crews, John Smith, if you're Apollo Crews, are you upset that you got bumped in the pre-show for this? No, I'm used to it if I'm Apollo Crews. And unfortunately, somebody had to get bumped, and they weren't going to do that to one of the women's matches. So, Well, it feels like it got – I wouldn't say last minute because I'm sure it took a while to produce what they did with uh, the Viking Profits, but it's just like at the very last second, that got dropped in a pre-show – for a raw tag title match, and then it's like, okay. Then when you see the production and what they did, where they're like, okay, I get it, I guess I get it. Why? But it's just like, if I'm Apollo Cruz and I finally have a title and I got a really good opponent that I can just tear it down with, I think they had a really great match, and it, it gets it gets sidestepped again. I mean, they can't have a quick ten minute match on the main card. John the Connie, like this. Yeah, this ten o'clock. Backlash went to ten o'clock, I believe. If I looked at my, if I if I remember how to tell time correctly, I believe it was ten o'clock. Um, what's the next and, fifteen minutes here? Yeah, and considering you know pay per views used to go to eleven o'clock regularly, why couldn't you carve out a little time for these two? This match, that match, actually reminded me a little bit of uh, a match back in the TNA days. I wasn't really watching every week, and then I decided to tune in. I think it was at the height of. Hogan was there, and he was running everything, and blah, blah, blah. So none of the guys you really wanted to see were in the main event picture. And I just remember tuning in, and the curtain-jerking match was Austin Aries and Samoa Joe <laughs> tore each other apart in one of the stiffest matches I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting down. I know what I'm doing for the next three hours. I'm watching this show. Now, that was the match of the night. And it jerked the curtain, and I felt bad for those guys in retrospect. But just like Cruz and Andrade, we watched a really good match between two really good wrestlers. It's just, it's a darn shame it got bumped to the pre-show. Yeah, yeah. There was a was it SummerSlam a couple of years ago. Um, the Uday, uh, the Uday, the, the Uday, and the Usos stole the show on the pre-show. Yeah. They had the best match of the night, and it was it was, the, it was match three of the pre-show before the show went on air. Yep. So, um, also uh, we'll touch into it a little bit later because they're going to have another tag team title match on Wednesday. But Bailey and Sasha Banks retained their SmackDown tag team titles. We're going to have a full week of them. We had them Sunday night. We had them last night on Raw. They got a title defense on Wednesday, and then Friday is their home, and then another potential match next Monday. Like this is going to be a lot of Bailey and Sasha Banks. John DeConnie, I'll ask you because I know John Smith's answer. John DeConnie, are you okay with <laughs> Sasha Banks? Being I, really, right now? I was really looking. I was looking for. I had picked the iconics in the PWP pool, and I, you know, maybe I'm a little, you know, jaded. I really, I really enjoy them. I enjoy them in their in the way that they aggravate me, especially Billy Kato. Peyton's lovely to look at. Billy drives me nuts, but I. For some reason, I really like them, and I you thought it was. You gotta be joking me! <laughs> I thought that was a great opportunity in the three-way for them to take the belts off of Sasha and Bailey without making them look too bad. 
and just, you know, they could then turn on each other and get to what we all know is coming eventually, those two fighting for the SmackDown women's title. Yeah. John Smith, I know you're not the biggest athletic supporter of women's wrestling like I am. Um, but I tell you what, the way the way the match started, the way the groupings were, it was Nikki Cross, Billy Kay, and Bailey started for it. But then they each made the tag in, and you had Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, and Peyton Royce, and I had a little bit of a smile on my face. Those are three of my favorites right there. Uh, John Smith, your thoughts on the match in general? Yeah. I'm sorry, what was that, John? No, I was just saying that's a nice three-way. It is, it is a nice triple threat. Yes, it is a great. I, I would watch that triple threat. I think Bailey's really getting better as a as a heel, though. I didn't really like her as a face. I think the heel work that she's doing is really good. I think the promo she cut last night on Raw was really good too. Yeah, I feel like she's a different type of heel. It's I don't know, like the ding dong. It's it's almost like she's trying to be a heel and it's coming off so bad that you hate it. Yeah, like she can't do it, and that's why you hate her. You know, like it's 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 working for her though. It's, it's like think- an ugly girl that finally got in with the popular crowd, and she doesn't know how to act. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Um, we'll uh, use the last match to transition into SmackDown. Uh, Jeff Hardy threw a bottle of urine in Sheamus's face. Um. And I believe he used the exact quote Shawn Michaels used when he did it to Vince McMahon a couple years ago. Um, I did not see that as it happened. Why that happened? I actually I saw somebody posted that and I didn't realize it was a complete ripoff. But uh, Sheamus got the buyback win from the tournament. Um, funny little thing, and why I want to bring this match up uh, because Sheamus. Uh, mentioned, I guess, that he was questioned by the police about the whole incident that happened on SmackDown, and he's still walking around, not in jail. So apparently it might not be him, but um, is there anybody else with red hair and a red beard running around SmackDown? That's kind of garbage enough, like trashy enough. has hair and a beard. They can color it. Yeah, I don't know. Is this at all Sami Zayn? I I can see it being him. I, I you never know where they're going. They probably don't know where they're going with this yet. I don't think they do either, and I don't think Sami Zayn's the correct the correct answer is Baron Corbin. I said that when this happened. Sami Zayn, I would have absolutely zero to do with either Elias or Jeff Hardy or anything. Like I don't know. Well, it was the Intercontinental Championship tournament? Maybe Zayn was just trying to take everybody out one at a time. But then they didn't follow through with that. He did, you know, and they there, didn't. There, no, no. There were no other no. mysterious attacks. Yeah, but so, yeah, just somebody mentioned, like, you know, it could be Sami Zayn. Like, oh, it, it can be a you know, red hair with a red beard, and Sami is on SmackDown. Um, I don't know. I think that's a little food for thought right there. Uh, but the big story on SmackDown is number eighty-six. AJ Styles became the eighty-sixth Intercontinental Champion. Of all time, wow. in what some are calling the greatest wrestling match ever. <laughs> yup. This Good match again, again, and this is nothing against it. It was overhyped with Edge and Orton, whatever. And had, you have, this it, this checked all the boxes for me. It had all the wrestling moves. I, I'm emotionally invested into both of them. 
You know, the only thing that's missing was Howard Finkel, but I don't even know if Fink, Fink wasn't around for AJ. So I don't even know you could do that even if you wanted to. But this was inc- – that was incredible. And it went – it had to have gone like 35, 40 minutes or something like that, right? It went – More commercial breaks. Thoughts on the new Intercontinental Champion, his match, and potentially his first contender? Anybody named John? How about that? <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, just echoing what you said, it was a near, nearly flawless match. You know, there was nothing to complain about there. Uh, it caught me off guard because even though I don't like to do this, I, you know, I don't like to look for rumors and whatnot, uh, but I saw somewhere mid last week, Brie Bella leaked a picture of the Intercontinental title with the yes side plates on it. So in my in the back of my head, I thought it was going to be DB all the way. So wow. it kind of caught, it caught me off guard. But at the end, it was such a good match. There was nothing to complain about. I'll gladly lose the points to see that match. Dude, I, I picked Styles, and I flip-flopped my pick like three times during the match. I'm like, oh, this is what heels do when they win. So this might be the only reason. The only reason I thought it made sense for Daniel Bryan to win was that, you know, maybe it was kind of a, a give back because he had to surrender the title when he originally got injured and retired. Yeah. And secondly, that I the whole point of AJ going there, I assumed, was to go after the universal title. And regardless of him coming off a loss, I figured they were going to find some way to put him in the mix for the universal title. So, Yeah, that makes sense. John Smith, who did you have in that one? I had AJ b- before the tournament even started. I thought yeah. it was a foregone conclusion. Yeah, that's the re- I remember actually I you commenting about that. Now. I do remember you commenting about that, that the reason why he was on SmackDown. Okay, I'm sorry, continue your thought. I cut you off. Yeah, well, and then they moved him to SmackDown, so then it was even more so. And I just think it was a shame that this wasn't on the pay-per-view. I think that the only reason it wasn't on the pay-per-view was because of, they knew it was going to be better than Edge and Randy Orton. Yeah, and, and, and we watch this thing with four commercial breaks. Like you said, it was a, what a half hour, forty-five minute match somewhere in between there, and we had to watch commercials every every six minutes. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, to, to, to agree with your point, but to go against it at the same time, the fact that they were able that they did go thirty minutes and they were able to have that type of they wouldn't be able to have that type of match at Backlash. You know, not a, not an yeah. Orton and Edge are taking forty-five. I mean, there's not even room for Apollo Crews and Andrade, let alone Daniel Bryan and and AJ Styles. So, I mean, I, I kind of get it. You know, I don't think the match would have been great at all if it was on Backlash. And Fair then uh, one more point with SmackDown, we'll move forward, and that's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura got a pinfall uh, win. I believe he pinned Kofi. Uh, Nakamura and Cesaro uh, cleanly clean. Squeaky clean win over the new day. Uh, what's I, this? Do we get a ladder match, John DeConi? Do we get a ladder match at Extreme Rules? Uh, sure, why not? I mean that 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 match. I mean, you look at those names: Cesaro, Nakamura, the New Day. Yeah, you're thinking that's going to be a barn burner. That match wasn't all that fantastic. It kind of it had a couple of uh, awkward moments and whatnot, but. I was actually happy at the end of it that they got to roll up on Kofi because that tells you, all right, now they're going to get their title match, and now you can just let them play. And I have no doubt that it will it will pay off. 
You want to see a ladder match at Extreme Rules, John Smith? Or do you have something else in mind for these guys? Because, yeah, these I agree with John the Connors. These guys can kind of tear it up. I'd love to see them in a in any sort of tornado situation, whether it's a ladder match, you know, no, as long as all four guys are involved and, you know, they're doing some, some cool stuff, I'm down. Yeah, good, man. Yeah, that, that's – I really hope that gets uh, the, the time and the effort that it deserves. Because, again, they could have easily – that match, you know, the, the Friday before pay-per-view, I, you know, when I saw title match added to Backlash on Sunday, I'm like, all right, cool. They, they, they put the smack that – oh, wow. They put the Street Profits and okay. So they're, they, I think they're delaying this. Uh, maybe have uh, – they got – what do we have? Four weeks till – Extreme Rules, July 19th. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but we have a, a decent amount of time before the next pay-per-view, so I don't know. Um, hopefully they can uh, spread this out equally and, and positively to the point where it would be uh, a nice build for uh, the, the pay-per-view. Well, when they have that much time, they tend to screw it up. Yeah, well, we're going to think positive, John. We're going to think positive. <laughs> Maybe and they get positive, John. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears right to your wheelhouse as of late. John Smith has been chiming in comments on the past couple weeks of the Extreme Wrestling Podcast, pretty much nailing NXT to a pinpoint to, to complete one hundred percent accuracy. <laughs> John well, Smith, so we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire a match and we'll start it off. Uh, the Undisputed Era. Let's go right down the show list. Undisputed Era, Valor Revenge. On Dexter Loomis, uh, he had his match with Adam Cole. Talk to me. Love Dexter Loomis. Love the way that he that his character's going. And I just want to say that I told you so. Because when, when Scarlet came out at the end and put that, that little uh, hourglass out there, it just showed you that Karrion Cross is going to be the next NXT champion. Maybe they're going to have Keith Lee do a little program with Cole beforehand. Maybe that'll end up in a you know double count out or a no contest because of interference by Cross. Yeah. In fact, I might even call that right now. Okay. But eventually, it's going to be Cross beating Cole for the title, and I think it's going to be you know not the next pay per view, but the one after the next two takeovers from now. Two takeovers from now. Okay, so that that's going to take you to November. They're going to stretch this out to November. <clears throat> well, when's the next one? August. Yeah, SummerSlam. Now, now they go. They usually have kind of like one. Uh, you know what? Then, then he's winning it in August. He's gonna win it SummerSlam weekend. Yes, he is. Now, John the Connie. The, the reason why I differed from uh, from John Smith's point. Not that I have anything against Karrion Cross. Um, according to my timeline, I have him not the next champion, but the champion after. Anything? It's the heel versus heel thing. Right now, I, I it's very not happened too often. Yeah, um, it, it would make sense to have someone like Keith Lee come in in between. Uh, and also, it, it leaves me wondering Finn Balor's back on NXT, uh, greatest champion versus greatest. Cha- how is that not you know, like I, I actually was a little upset when I saw uh, uh Scarlett come out with the hourglass. Because I felt like it was rushing it. I felt like there was going to be Finn in between. And whether Finn won or not, at least you've got that, I'm the greatest NXT champion ever. No, I'm the greatest NXT champion ever. And then the new guy takes over. 
that's exactly where I was going with it. And I would have gave Bauer the win just because I have Karrion Cross right after that. And nobody, if anybody can take that title off of Finn Balor in one shot, it's Karrion Cross. So that was kind of where uh, a while ago, Tyler and I kind of mapped this out. We had Finn Balor beating Cole and you're exactly right. You know, greatest champion versus greatest champion. Who is? Uh, then Cross beating Bauer. Then we're going to circle back around. Chopper gets his revenge eventually. And Tommaso Ciampa would be the one that beat Karrion Cross, uh, especially after what Cross did to him. I figured there's there's going to be something coming back to him. But if you bring up Finn Balor and you bring up Keith Lee, Balor just said he wanted the North American title. So he's getting into Keith Lee. Keith Lee's going after Adam Cole. Adam Cole's going after Dexter. Like This has been a complete bleep show on NXT this past week. There's too Wednesday. much talent. Break up NXT. There's too much talent there. But they're all, it's not like separate storylines. It's like they're all going after each other. And then Johnny Gargano just got the, and John DeConnie to your, okay, here we go. John DeConnie, here's where you're going to get some NXT love right here. What was the reason why you didn't want to see a mixed tag team match between Keith Lee and me and him against the I Garganos? I didn't want to see any of the ladies destroyed by Keith Lee. And Keith Lee flattened Candice LeRae. <laughs> I, I thought like, oh my God, he was right. They actually did it. <laughs> oh my god had me thinking of uh, Bobby Heenan calling uh, King Kong Bundy in the six way tag with the four little people yeah, wait a yeah, yeah, yeah there you go it's King Kong Bundy, yeah, we was, do uh, Bundy? Uh, Lord Littlebrook and the Little Beaver I believe were two of them what do we do if you know what are we going to need if Bundy splashes one of the little folks a spatula <laughs> <laughs> What if he gets them both? We'll need two spatulas. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here we go. We do the heel versus heel thing, though. Al. I'm sorry, what was that? I was just going to say, going back to what you said about heel versus heel. Okay, yeah. This isn't Vince writing it. This is Triple H writing it. And this is NXT. This isn't, you know, your, your main shows. I feel, especially since they've never really done a heel on heel uh, title yeah. feud. Why not? I mean, Karrion Cross isn't being. If if it was a face, then he'd be going after the face. He's just there to to take what he thinks is his. And that's the way I see it. Any of you two have a problem with this being this quick? Like the only person I can think of that had a quicker NXT push than this is Kevin Owens. Because if, if memory serves me correctly, Kevin Owens, I think he showed up one week, and then the next week he was. I guess he was congratulating Sami Zayn on winning the NXT title, and then he jumped them. And then the next pay-per-view, we became NXT champion. So I think it was like literally one pay-per-view, and Kevin Owens was NXT champion. Do you, either of you have a, any problem with this? Oh, I think it's definitely quick. Uh, like we were just talking about, you could have him destroying everyone, but in a secondary role for the time being, and... You know, put work other people in there. Work that Balor angle in there. Whatever. Cross is brand new. What's the rush? Yeah. What's the next logical step after you go and destroy what many believe to be the top guy, other than Adam Cole? Like, who does he go after? Does he then go after the North American title? No, I think he has to go for the title. Okay. I would like to see, and I'm kind of thinking this now, going into TakeOver, I know Johnny said he's going to win it. 
like I said, it's got jumbled into my head with so many people going after the same thing. If you could, there's, there's a chance of a fatal. I'm not putting up the four finger horseman style. Is it? We do fatal four way at SummerSlam. Cole, Barrel, Balor, Lee, and Cross. Both title Yeah, with the. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe, maybe both titles on the line. Who knows? Um, and speaking of titles, uh, Brizongo is next in line for the NXT Tag Team titles. They will be getting their opportunities next week. Spoiler: I'm picking Brizongo. <laughs> uh, but they had a they had a nice little promo saying that you know what, this isn't the Brizongo of old. Um, when the bell rings, they're going to be 100% serious. They'll entertain you before the bell and then get their hands raised after it. John Smith, any thoughts, Brizongo? You gonna give him a chance? There you go. No chance in hell. No, not this. Taking those belts off of Imperium. Why? Why are you gonna give them to Imperium? Just have them lose to Brizongo right away. Because they needed to call up Matt Riddle. I I don't know if this. I mean, granted, it, it was a circumstantial title change, I believe. I mean, there's no reason to take him off Matt Riddle if you're not calling him up. Like, that's not, I don't think that was an accident that that happened. Yeah, but it makes them look weak if they have on their first title defense, they lose them after they only won because Thatcher ditched Riddle. Yeah. You know, so it makes them look weak. I can't see them doing that. But they don't even go there. <laughs> um, I spy a Jersey girl real quick on NXT. Casey Catanzaro, out of left field, jumping in against Dakota Kai. Had a nice little match. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez kind of jumped them afterwards. Caden Carter came down. We're getting a little, getting some tag team action here. Uh, kind of want to throw that out there because I'm, I'm trying to find a way for Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox to win the tag titles Wednesday. So if they're building up these tag teams, <laughs> why not leave the tag titles down on Wednesday night for a little bit? Perfect. Sure. <laughs> and I believe, actually, uh, Casey Cananzaro, what was she on back? Somebody was in the crowd. Oh, she was with the Street Profits. Was it Was it last night that was dancing, she was dancing with the Street Profits? It was her and it was the guy, the electric guitar guy. He was incredible. Bergenheimer or something like Bergenhofer. Did you see his one match on NXT? I did not see that. <laughs> you have to do this guy plays an air guitar like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> like picture, like picture what you think is the greatest air guitar. Like screaming. Oh my god. He actually had NXT that NXT episode, the crowd was actually chanting for an encore. So Triple H sent them back <laughs> to do an encore. <laughs> and it was a WWE exclusive after on the on the website. Nice. Wow. Incredible. Uh, last thing we'll get to on uh, NXT. Uh, John Smith, you've been uh, you've been on fire lately. We gave you a credit, John Nakani. You called a uh, a female squash by Keith Lee, but uh, somebody else on this podcast on the screen right now called shenanigans in the cruiserweight championship final, and I was right. Ooh. Antos Escobar is now his name. He's no longer the EO of Phantasma. Um, that name was too long for Vince. What was that, John? That name was too long for Vince. That is, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that name was too long for anybody. I, I kept on tripping. Oh, I'm glad he changed his name. 
I kept on tripping it over it every time I, every time I tried to pronounce it. But don't worry, because we will be calling Dominic Mysterio El Hijo de Mysterio in, in honor <laughs> of uh, going forward just to make sure that Phantasma's uh, legend lives on. But he was responsible for the kidnapping of Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza. And they got a nice little luchador click going here. Uh, he removed his mask. And I believe this was what the uh, original plan for him was intentionally. I don't know. But uh, I'm going to toot my own horn on this one, but he will. Uh, he did grant Drake Maverick a rematch for the Cruiserweight title. They didn't say when. But, John, now you are Mr. NXT predictor, John Smith. Uh, are you going to give Drake a shot now? That is post. Absolutely not. No, because I think there's also two others, two other luchadors. There's got to be because they're the – what were their names again? Uh, Mendoza and Wild. And they by two other luchadors. So yeah, I don't now, know who kidnapped them. Yeah, there's more of them. <laughs> yeah, so there's just like a whole factor. Maybe it's like the Foot Clan. That's possible. <laughs> but the problem is the reason I – mean, this is pretty cool. I like what they're doing here. But they're not on motorcycles, and they're not ninjas. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't have the Shaquille O'Neal-looking dude to back them up. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's the, <laughs> you know what the funny thing? I, I, I first thought it was Titus O'Neal. And then I, when I was told it was wrong, I guess it was one of their developmental talent. And then when he got in the ring on Monday, I'm like, dude, that guy is actually huge. Like, you couldn't – the camera wasn't doing him justice the way they were shooting it. Yeah. You know? That is a big boy. That guy's got to be seven feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, he's a freak. I like that we don't know who he is, though. I, I like that there's some wonder to this. Yeah. I, it's – it's you know, somebody identified him on the internet and – I, I, I don't know the name. I couldn't actually I couldn't even pronounce the name. I don't know where he's from or what he's about or when he signed. I, I have no idea. But he's gonna to be uh Akira Tozawa's number two. That's pretty cool. And then like I said, Mar uh, Santos Escobar. He's got a number two and a number three. And it's about time they're doing something with Raul Mendoza, because poor Raul Mendoza's been sitting around since the cruiserweight classic collecting dust. He is not a bad wrestler at all. He's really good. Um, there's another show on Wednesday nights. So right now, we're going to light the fuse. We're going to bring the boom. Dynamite. FTR made their debut. And they remember how to wrestle. <laughs> they remember. Not that I ever forgot, but I know a lot of people may think they forgot. Um, not that recently, you know, they had a couple of good matches on, on WWE. I shouldn't say that. Um, but they had a, they had a nice match with the blade and the butcher, uh, and the blade and butcher kind of impressed me too. I really never got to see, I was for Matt, that for me, I knew the revival oh, strike one for me. That's 10 pushups. Uh, I knew FTR can, can wrestle. Like I, I, I know that I was actually more intrigued than what blade and butcher can do against FTR to tell you the truth. So, uh, John DeConte will go with you first. Anything about this match? Either way, Blade, Butcher, and where did the bunny go? How come the bunny's not with him anymore? Yeah, it was a shame to not see the bunny, but uh, we did get instead, uh, we got Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard taking notes in the stands, <laughs> and we got Dax performing a brain buster in their honor in the middle of the match. Oh, somebody was going to say it, yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely a quality match. Good to see those guys at the time. With no silly gimmick attached, just go out there and do what they do best. Yeah, I, bet you, 
they were waiting to be able to do that spike pile driver. And you can't you can't do pile drivers in WWE, right? That's that's, that's one of the unless you're the Undertaker, you can't drop somebody on their head exactly. unless you're doing a foot, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I bet you they've been waiting to do that. And the fact, yes, exactly, one hundred percent. The fact that Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard were in the crowd watching as spectators that had to have just absolutely made their careers. John Smith, any thought on this uh, this some tag team match? They got the Young Bucks staring right at him too. Yeah, it was a nice throwback. Throwback type match, you know, something from that reminds me of you know early '90s WWE style, or no, not WWE style, sorry, NWA style. And but uh, after the match, very painful promo by Matt Jackson. Very painful. I I can't stand them on the mic. I like what they do in the ring, but they have too much carte blanche when it comes to what they're able to do on the microphone, and it always seems so scripted to me. Yeah, and that's funny. I don't think they have anybody to write in their lines either. And you say it's script. They say it just sounds like well, a script. It seems like you know, yeah, not scripted by others. Scripted by no. I know. I know. That's, revert rehearsed. Irony can be pretty ironic sometimes. You know, <laughs> it's just just because yep. it's not scripted doesn't mean you can sound scripted. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's contrived. It's just not well contrived. Exactly. Uh, staying in the AEW tag team division because they've been pretty much shining uh, between FTR with the Blade and the Butcher, then with the Young Bucks, Best Friends and Orange Cassidy. Uh, they are uh, they beat the Inner Circle members. It was uh, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Um, and I am trying to find this quote real quick because a wise man said something. And I got to try to find what it is. There we go. A wise man's once said. If you give your kids any lip, beat them with a sack of sweet Valencia oranges. It won't leave a bruise, and it'll show them who's boss. <laughs> Dean Crosby said that. Chris Jericho took it a little bit too literally. And he beat the – he blended up Orange Cassidy with blood oranges. I like how Shivani kept on beating the death to death. Blood even blood oranges. The dude – Santana Ortiz bit into one, and it was a regular orange. <laughs> what, what, I, how do you tell if it's a? I don't. How do you tell if it's a blood orange or red? Blood orange is blood red on the inside. It's red on the inside. <laughs> okay, so how does that? I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> don't let facts get in the way of a Tony Schiavone. Yeah, <laughs> it still feels like WCW when he's talking. It oh, does. God, I, I cannot. I, stand I, you. I, I was never the big Schiavone's fan. I'm. I'm still not. Um, Penzer's the same way. It, it kills me listening to Penzer on Impact. I, I don't I don't know what it is about David Penzer's voice, but it just drives me nuts. So now because of the result of that, the best friends have to put up uh, – they're actually putting up the number one contender spot for Fighter Fest. And remember, boys and girls, Fighter Fest is too big for just one night. <laughs> Uh, they're going to fight the six gods, Chris Jericho, the champion, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, that's going to happen. We'll make that uh, that pick uh, in the main event of tonight's uh, show. And uh, where else are we going with this? Speaking of yeah, Sammy Guevara, he, had an, he, he actually had a nice match with Cole Cabana. That actually match was a lot better than I was going to make it out to be. I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a squash like what Jericho did to him. Yeah. But uh, Sammy and Colt put on a nice little show. Sammy got the win. 
Colcaban is still, uh, I guess, being recruited and following the Dark Order, so that you gotta pay attention to that. Uh, but then we got a couple faces of Matt Hardy. John Smith, I know you're a V1 fan more than any part of him. Do you enjoy your Matt facts? Your, uh, what, what does he call them now? They weren't Matt facts. Uh, Matt I, facts. I, I can't remember what he was calling them. I don't remember, but it's still classic stuff. It's still cheesy. I love it. Yeah. Just, he used his old music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John DeConi. Darby Allen was getting skateboarding glasses from Tony Hawk. <laughs> because you don't need to be up. medically cleared. Yeah, because he's not medically cleared. That's right. Tony Hawk cleared him so he could skateboard. He was medically cleared to skateboard. That's it. Talk about the, the mother of all random risks right there. <laughs> what the hell did Tony Hawk have really good insurance? <laughs> yes. The hell of a good get to just drop it in for a you know, two-second uh, segment. <laughs> Yeah, just to watch Darby Allen try to do Darby Allen. What's he trying to prove do, doing that move that move off the top of the ladder over and over again? Yeah, the bomb drop off the ladder. I can't do it. I was never really good at skateboarding. I, I know all the power and Peralta and the Vision Streetwear and the Bones Brigade videos from way back when Tony Hawk was a teenager, but <laughs> I never really got anything past that. Uh, Cody Rhodes, title defense number two against Mark Quinn. Last week, I was calling him Mark Queen. I apologize. I haven't seen Private Party all that well enough uh, to know their members' names and pronounce them correctly. So to Mark Quinn, I apologize. Um, but he uh, he took uh, Cody uh, to the limit. Cody's letting these guys uh, stick around for this TNT title and, and having good matches. And then Jake Hayter comes out. Uh, and then we had a little bit of a bleep show towards the end of AEW. A lot of guys involved. The Inner Circle, Matt Hardy. Uh, John DeConi, any thoughts? Any any questions? I don't even know. I don't even know where to begin with this one. Yeah, well, uh, you know, nothing much to say other than uh, you know it it puts some exposure on Quinn, uh, who obviously can go. Uh, it makes uh, Cody look real good as he continues to bring out the best in these lesser known guys. And all right, now we know where we're going with Fighter Fest, Hager, and his Hager bomb. Versus yeah, Cody. Yeah, and then um, and Mark Quinn, to his credit, he was selling an injury to that whole entire match. Remember, he, he did like three flips in a row to the outside, and he was limping and going slow, but he was still bouncing like he was shot out of a cannon to get off the top rope. I thought that was hey, really baby. on Mark Quinn's part. John Smith, did you watch that match? Did you watch the, the main event? Uh, I kind of zoned in and out of that one night. Not a big fan of Cody, so I tend to not pay too much attention when he's on the TV, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, and it was Loomis versus Cole going on at the same time, so I was over on the other channel, and then I never caught up with the end of that or the end of AEW. Yeah, that's, you know, I'm I'm all about Cody putting the title on the line against these guys that he randomly, you know, wouldn't get the the opportunity before him, like Mark Quinn. But that I don't know if they put Mark Quinn in the main event. Like, that's kind of no, yeah, we got Adam Cole and Dexter Loomis when Dexter Loomis has abducted two of his buddies, you know, three days beforehand. You got to tune in just to see whether or not he blinked. <laughs> All right, so uh, then we got some uh, 
some matches coming up in AEW. We're rolling right through this, guys. We're steamrolling right through this. Uh, Monday Night Raw last night. I got the text earlier to set my DVR from a good friend of mine named Kenny P. You actually just sent me uh, my new Tito Santana autograph plaque back here. For you guys know, there's a little difference in my set. Uh, Tito Santana, homegrown talent. Not homegrown from Roxbury, but he lives here uh, in my hometown in Jersey. And that's uh, Tito with the uh, the Reggie Parks IC title on his shoulder? That is the original, yeah, the original IC title. Oh, God, that is my favorite belt is that Abyss's brother? It wasn't Abyss's last name, Parks? Yes, but no. not It would be his grandfather, but uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, he told me to set my DVR. He didn't spoil it for me to tell me why. And then Christian, first segment, Randy Odom Gordon uh, goaded him into a match. Christian coming out to stand up for his best friend, or it used to be his brother. I don't know how you go from brother to best friend. We still never addressed that issue with Edging Christian. <laughs> but... Uh, Who's next, Gangrel? What's next for Randy Orton? Gangrel, what's Gangrel's going? Oof. I don't know where they're going with this. I really don't know. Yeah, it turned. Well, fast forward to the end of the night. Ric Flair ends up blow blowing Christian. Christian gets booted in the head for his efforts to save his friend and whatever they. And then taken out potentially on a stretcher. I don't think they got that far after the after the show went off, but. What I mean, I, I'm all about evolution getting back together again. But Flair didn't even stick around for the match. Like he just rolled <laughs> him and bounced. Like that was the most confusing part here. What do you, where, are they going to be together? What do you think, John Dakani? I don't know. Yeah, I, I really have no idea where they're where they're headed with this. I mean, if if uh, Edge is truly injured, and you originally had plans for SummerSlam with him. Those plans are gone now. Well, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to, you know, slow things down and find people to kind of proxy for him until then? He's not, certainly not going to be back by SummerSlam. It's 46 no, Randy Orton, gave, Randy Orton gave the medical update. Edge will be back July 2029. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think even Vince can find enough BS to stretch it that long. Now, John Smith is – is this going to continue with Christian? Like, is is he? Are we going? Are we doing the exact same thing happened when Edge retired and just having Christian fill in for Edge the rest of the way? I think they just scrambled to figure something out yesterday, and I think eventually they're going to do a, like a cinematic match with Randy and Edge, like a real cinematic match. Yeah, like where his arm is in the sling because he's injured and it's going to be more like a movie like the like the undertaker thing. Okay. So that way he's not in in any uh you know danger of getting actually re-injured or anything like that. Sneaky match of the night. I almost jumped out of my chair. We're going to go back to Apollo Crews for a second but Shelton Benjamin. God. I miss him so much. <laughs> Benjamin. Oh, Shelton Benjamin. Oh, that's right. He had the Uso. Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I would love to do something. You know what? I guess MVP getting involved here, trying to talk to Cruz, Cruz turning him down. Uh, Shelton Benjamin as a heel. John Smith, you want to see Shelton Benjamin join MVP, join Lashley? I'd love to see that. I'd love to see him get used and. 
be on the on TV more. He's he's still got it. He still got it. One hundred percent. He never lost it. I, I mean, I guess he was wrestling ever since he'd been away. But ever since when they resigned him, I almost jumped out of my chair. I was so happy when I heard that they resigned him. And, and then it's like, more intimidating now that everybody in WWE is smaller than they were fifteen years. Yeah. Ago. John DeConi and more Shelton Benjamin love. We need it. He needs it. Oh, yeah. Shelton Benjamin is so good. Why is this man not, you know, only on TV once every, what, six weeks? You, you see somebody pass him backstage or once every two months he gets a match? Come on. I tell you what, if, if MVP can land Shelton Benjamin and then he's got to land, uh, and I've been saying this for months now, and you can go back to the uh, the, the Facebook, the off-the-top-rope Facebook page to, you know, call me out on this, how long I've been saying this. MVP needs to get Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And those, the, let the four, that's a nice faction right there. All right. Can I ask one question? Sure. All right. Some of the biggest moments or most memorable things in terms of merch in terms of memories, are in the history of wrestling. Yeah. The Four Horsemen. Yeah. NWO. Yep. D-Generation X. Okay. Why does Vince McMahon hate factions? I don't know. I mean, is, is, there, is there some explanation that I have missed for the last 20-plus years that why he shies away from stables and whatnot when they just – I mean, look at what Triple H is doing – on NXT with Undisputed Era, they just bring goodness in wrestling. And it's it's not even just factions; it's tag teams. I mean, look just look at the WWE tag team situation. John Smith, more factions. What are we thinking here? Any faction would be nice. You know, the the Sami Zayn and Nakamura and um, Cesaro thing was pretty good, but now Sami's gone. And we're, they're stuck just the two of them. There's no, there's nobody trying to take over. There's nobody trying to be the big dog. And no Nexus. The Nexus yeah. is another one. That would be John, nice. Trying to go through that a, when Nexus jumped John Cena. That, they just celebrated their anniversary. I guess that, when that happened, I saw his, uh, videos of Nexus beating up John Cena <laughs> and tearing apart Monday Night Raw. That just happened. Uh, that's some kind of anniversary, ten year anniversary. Which would also be the anniversary of Daniel Bryan getting fired because of <laughs> for a week and a half. <laughs> um. Okay, we ooh, we did that. Uh, what do we have? What do we have? What do we have? Oh, yeah, Don Mysterio, uh, El Hijo de Mysterio. Uh, got the hit and run, and he's it's Mysterio's one. Well, there's Rollins one if you count the eye thing as uh, as one, but Don Mysterio's up one nothing on Rollins. Had a nice little hit and run. Um, they're eventually going to catch him. But the thing is, what Rollins was saying, Rollins is proposing that he wants El Hijo de Mysterio to join his group. Now, I know everyone is, – is this too early? This is too early for Dominic to turn heel. Like it's a, we all we kind of feel it's eventually going to happen. Please. Please. I, I thought it was possible I, until they mentioned it. Yeah, like that's – yeah, when Rollins – I think it's way too soon. Like I would want to see Dom in the ring first. I, was, I, want to see, I do want to see Dom and Ray tag together. Let them go on a little bit of a tag. I'm not going to be upset if they win the tag titles together, you know, especially on the Raw side. I mean, they, they could easily win the tag team championships on Raw. Has there ever been a Rollins on tag team champion in WWE? 
Uh, the Griffies, right? No, wrong sport. No, I, I can't think of that's a good question. I, nothing nothing. No, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But yeah, I just, as as long as long as Dominic when he turns heel, as long as he changes his last name to Guerrero, that's the only thing I want to come out of that. Oh, I, I want that. They gotta bring Vicky back for that too. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then uh, I said the WWE Championship was defended in a tag team match. Uh, McIntyre let Truth get the win. Truth was kind of harping uh, earlier that uh, nobody believes in him. He wanted Drew to believe in him. You know, a nice little show by Drew McIntyre to, to show Truth that he believed in him to get the pinball through the uh, the rocket launcher onto MVP. Uh, Truth gets the win. Even though his title wasn't on the line, which was absolutely hysterical. I, I got you. I'll fix it. He fixed it. He fixed it. That was good. Um, so that pretty much covers the week. We got. Uh, we talked about Impact last week. Uh, New Japan. I didn't get to check to see uh, uh, results of Night One from the New Japan Cup. Either you do have New uh, New Japan Cup uh, tournament updating. No, all right, cool. No, Unfortunately, I no, I don't follow New Japan. Yeah, yeah, it, it's tough. They just started a new tournament uh, today. I think it was this morning. I've actually, actually, I did check it this morning before I got up from work. I was up at work at like 6 a.m. I think it was the third match of the tournament was going on at that point. You got to get up early to watch New Japan. It's very, uh, I think it's like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Eastern time zone. To... Well, they used to be on Access TV. Where are they, are they airing just online now? I, yeah, I think it's the same. It's the same as the WWE Network. I believe it's uh, okay. nine ninety nine or whatever they're doing, or eight ninety nine for the New Japan World. Um, yeah, I just Daily Motion was out there for Wrestle Kingdom two years ago. Yeah, John, we watched it. Yeah, we watched it together. That was a lot of fun. All right, so let me see if we can get together. I don't need this. We'll start picking some matches here. So what's tonight? Uh, tonight's Tuesday. So yeah, so Impact tonight. Um, Impact Tag Team Championships on the line. The North are defending against the Rascals, who won their uh, number one contenders match, I believe, against TJP and Falaba. Was that that match? I don't really remember. But the North have been reigning tag team champions for, seems like it's been forever. Over a year now with the North, John McConaughey? I do believe so. Yeah. In which case, uh, you know, the, they seem to really enjoy the rascals, you know, the, the powers that be there at uh, impact. So, you know, make the change and uh, let's let the, the young guys run with it. Yeah. But it, it seemed like when they were backstage last week, uh, rascals weren't really getting along after what happened to Trey in the world heavyweight champion, the number one contender title tournament. Um, they're, they're blaming each other. Uh, you know, Trey's blaming Wentz, I believe, is the guy that filled in for him. The guy that filled in for him is getting blamed for it. So, I don't know. Some dissension in the Rascals, it looks like. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the North. I only saw, like, one or two of their matches when they were stuck in Canada, but it was hysterical. Seems like they're getting more and more personality, uh, personable personality, as they're going along. Then, yeah, that tag division is really all that. that we, they just broke up OVE. That They just lost another huge tag team. So, I don't know what the hell they're doing. So, I don't think they do either. Yeah. And then Moose is defending the TNA Championship, the unrecognized TNA Championship against uh, 
Supermax Hernandez from the original LAX. Josh Smith, have you seen Moose at all? Have I showed you Moose? Yes, I've seen a couple Moose matches. He's <laughs> he's a beast. I'm gonna uh, I'll pick him. Uh, I don't know what the angle's been going on with them. But. Oh, he's walking around, <laughs> walking around with a bogus championship because Tessa Blanchard's stuck in Mexico. Oh, okay, okay. So he, he crowned himself. See, the, he brought back the old TNA championship. This is not called TNA anymore. So he brought yeah. back the old TNA championship. He's been running around with it, and uh, you know, meanwhile, Tessa Blanchard nowhere to be found for the past two months. Well, they found her. Like I said, she's in Mexico. She can't get across the border. Um, so and then okay so tomorrow night wednesday night john smith nxt the women's tag team championships will be defended are you giving shotzi and tegan a chance we mentioned it was shotzi blackheart and tegan knox challenging sasha and bailey no it'll be a barn burner they're gonna give them you know the match of their dreams so they can go and tell all their friends about it Hey, it was in a 15-minute match with Sasha and Bailey on NXT, and we almost won. <laughs> that's that's all it's going to be. Okay. Feel good. John Connie, what, what kind of ruins this for me, John Connie? Before you pick, what kind of ruins this for me? Because I, I think you're going to go with ba uh, Bailey and Sasha too. Um, those two have already accepted the challenge from the Iconics for Monday, and as uh, you saw last night on Raw, uh, next week's match was advertised. Sasha and uh, Bailey versus the Iconics for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. So can Tegan and Shotzi, can they, uh, you think Hunter can pull a string or two and they put one over on Vince McMahon and ruin the show Monday night? Well, I, I will give them credit for making sure the announcers at least made the effort to say, assuming they are still the champions, so yep. they, they went to... It went to commercial break once by saying, oh, as long as they still have the titles, they will have a title match on Monday Night Raw. But you I'm pretty sure they will still have the titles. You couldn't put – you know what? On NXT, they put up the question marks and said the winner of Backlash will face – they couldn't do that for Tegan and Shotzi. Like, you couldn't put up the winners of NXT. You know, they just couldn't put up the, uh, the, the female question marks against the Iconics. I mean, I know the Iconics specifically challenged Sasha and Bailey. They're just like, come on. Like, all we are saying is give Knox a chance. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going upset. This is Tegan's second crack at the women's tag team championship, by the way. Her and Dakota Kai challenged uh, the Kabuki Warriors uh, before uh, uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan got into their their scrums. They had they had one quick tag title match against Asuka and Kyrie before they broke up. So this is Tegan's second crack at it. Uh, I, I'm I'm a huge Tegan Knox fan. I'm taking I'm not I'm I'm still the verdict's still out for me on Shotzi. Uh, the tank thing, I think, again, she's trying too hard, but whatever. If that's just her, then let her be her. I'm not going to tell her not to do it. You know, it's thinking like that that is the reason you have to announce me every time as the first ever PWP champion. It's <laughs> 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 got all heart, no thought. I got me into trouble. That's what got me into trouble. Why I'm not the first ever PWP champion. <laughs> Can't believe Roman. I can't believe Triple H didn't beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's crap. <laughs> um, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do it again. All heart, no thought. I'm going Brizongo over and I'm seeing. I'm calling two new tag team champions on Wednesday night. By the way, I think I, other than 
other than the New Day, every tag team champion are putting their, their titles on the line this week. You got the North tonight, and then you got Imperium, and you got Sasha and Bailey. We'll go with Imperium and Brizongo. John Nakani, going to give uh, Brizongo a chance here. Foofy belts. Remember, I had that conversation with you about the Foofy belts. Yes, yes. Now, yeah, them. <laughs> as much as that would be something I would pay to see alone, the new belts that they would create, I just don't. I don't see how you do that with Imperium. You know, and you know, unless you're writing them off and sending them back to WWE or NXT UK. Uh, and I don't think that's happening. Actually, um, in the pool, the, the name uh, Mahefi might be, uh, might sound familiar to the pool. Um, here at Pro, uh, here on the Essential Wrestling Podcast, uh, we do have a uh, United Kingdom correspondent by the name of Gary Mahefi. We call him Gaz. Uh, he actually lives across the pond over uh, in England, and I asked him to keep me updated uh, with any events going on in the UK as far as trying to get everything back together again. And he uh, emailed me actually Sunday morning saying they just canceled more live events. So I don't think they're anywhere near uh, getting any type of UK wrestling, let alone NXT UK, uh, back up and running. But they do have their own performance center over there, right? I think maybe Hunter could possibly – well, Hunter can't even get over there, right? They're not flying anybody overseas. I think so. I mean, if they're not letting Bobby Roode and the Singh brothers in from Canada, we're testing Blanchard. Thanks, John the Connie, you got Imperium, right? I'm um, John Smith. I'm sorry, you got Imperium, right? 100. All right. Put the house on it. All right, we're gonna play uh, Predictor Time. Uh, it's probably gonna be some kind of enhancement talent, but if it was not an enhancement talent, who would you like to see debut against Matt Riddle? I'd like to think about it. Stir on that for a sec. I know I kind of threw this on you. Wow. I want to see uh, just going to heels. My, I would love to see Riddle and Nakamura, but I know they're they're kind of wrapped up with the the New Day in that feud. The uh, New Day is the only tag team not defending their titles this week. <laughs> they're the one team. Um, anyone in particular you want to see? Uh, I was thinking Cesaro. That was the first one on the top of my head, but same problem as Nakamura yeah. involved in something else. I uh, I was going to I, another one that just came to mind a little bit more uh, to help put Riddle over would be Mojo Raleigh, but uh, Mojo Mojo has a little bit of an issue of his own right now. Um, just came out. Now who knows if this is true or not? This is how rumors start. Uh, Mojo go ahead, got hit with the COVID positive COVID test uh, that came out about a couple hours before this show started. So I don't know if we're going to see Mojo around for a little bit. John the Connie, anybody off the top of your head? Uh, I'm not thinking in the uh, face versus heel realm, but uh, in terms of maybe just put him in there with uh, with a technician, so we can really see him. You know, give us a good seven minute match. Someone like Shorty G. Okay, I thought you were gonna go with Drew Gulak on that one. They had a barn burner a couple of weeks ago in NXT. You know, a couple months yeah, ago. That, that would certainly work as well. Yeah, I'd right. love to see Shorty G versus Matt Riddle. That would that be great. Be a sick match. Uh, apparently, yeah, Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle used to be uh, some kind of tag team or faction or click or in some other promotion. I can't remember what it is. Oh, really? Um, on AEW this week, we got two huge tag team matches. Uh, the number one contenders, best friends, putting their fighter fest spot on the line against Les Sex Gods. 
Um, in turn, the tag team championships will also be on the line when Kenny Omega and Adam Page uh, defend against the natural nightmares, and that's where the bunny went because the bunny is with QT Marshall. Now, who is Dustin Rhodes to tell QT Marshall that Allie can't be at ringside? Like, what is, what is this? I, I have not seen QT Marshall once have any issues being distracted. Okay, so they're, they're, they're you know, holding hands and being all lovey dovey ring. That's not a match. Like, QT will concentrate on the match, right? That, so we have like brackets in front of us right here where it seems like the winners are going to go uh, to Fighter Fest. Um, you see any changes from Omega and Page versus Best Friends, or you got a couple any upsets here, John the Connie? Uh, no, I definitely see uh, Best Friends holding on to their spot. If for no other reason than there's so much other things you can do with Jericho and Guevara, but specifically Jericho. Uh, so. They, you know, uh, just having Orange Cassidy at ringside, they, you know, that's going to bring eyeballs to the television. I mean, come on. So you want the best friends in that title match, and then you can just do literally anything with Jericho, and it's going to be entertaining. So use him somewhere else in the show. Yeah. John Smith? Yeah, I 100% agree with all that. And and I got I got the best friends winning those titles at Fighter Fest. I'd like to see that happen too. Like I said, I feel like Paige and, and Omega is going to be combustible at some point. And they're not uh, a tag team. No, they're going to last as long. What's that? They're not a real tag team. Give us a real tag team as tag. And they have so many of them on that roster. They just, I they, know. One hundred percent correct. They, they they don't need you know. You don't need, need to right as your tag as your first tag champ forever like that. But then what's the point in kind of putting the hostility within the elites? But, you know, like when there was the grumblings of uh, Paige was constantly ready to walk away from the elite, walk away from his tag team partner. It kind of seems like that's calmed down. You would think that would be front and center when they were ready to lose that. So then they could go on a nice one-on-one, you know, one -on -one, you know tour the world, uh, fighting each other for the next couple of months. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, Omega and Paige. Um, I, I feel like uh, Dustin and QT and the whole Alley thing, they're, they're, whatever, they're just going to be distracted doing their own thing. That's his own storyline for whatever reason. So Paige and Omega advance. And I feel like it's setting up for Jericho. You're right. You can do so much more with Jericho at Fighter Fest. I mean, I, I, you have to do Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Yeah. <laughs> Blood of Orange is on a pole match. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That is definitely possible. Yeah, I do. You're right. Whoever, yeah. I can hear Siobhan now screaming and yelling. I will retract my earlier statement of nothing on a pole. You put yeah. blood oranges on a pole, I'm there. <laughs> That's the exception. That's the one exception. As long as Derek goes involved, it can be anything on a pole, and I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll let um, Jericho on a pole. I don't need to see that. <laughs> Cody, I believe, is still going to have – they did announce last week that he is still going to have uh, his weekly TNT Championship tournament match – or champion tournament, TNT Championship match. Uh, but they have not announced an opponent yet. Uh, this is going to be maybe his first um, open challenge, so to speak. Um. I, I, I'm out of guesses right now. Jungle Boy was already one pick. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> uh, I don't know who else does. Maybe Luchasaurus. I have no idea. Um, 
I don't see Cody lo- I don't see Cody losing anyway. Marco stunt. Marco's that'd be fun. Just run through the Jurassic Express. And then, uh, yeah, because that's going to set up because Cody and Hager's already set up for Fighter Fest. And like I said, Cody, Cody's going to roll with this until uh, Lance Archer uh, decides he wants to come back and accept that open challenge. I'm, I'm still hell bent on that. In yeah. um, a similar note, okay, so now we have two combatants. We have two. Uh, just put the picks aside for a second. We have two comparisons here. So we have Lance Archer, bad out of hell. Goes into his first match and loses, and then you have Karrion Cross, bat out of hell, and he wins, and now he gets. Is that is that is that the difference? What do we? It's Triple H versus Cody. Like, what do we? The, who's right? Who's wrong? There's 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 some conversation to have here. We have a little bit of time. We're not definitely running over. We got about ten minutes left, so we can shoot uh shoot the bleep on this for a couple minutes if you guys want. Um, John Smith, uh, I haven't really led with you in a little bit. You can start this one. I think it's the difference between years of booking by Triple H and months of booking by Cody. I think that Triple H knows exactly what to do with Cross, and I think that he's doing it the way it should be done. And I think what they did to Lance Archer in AEW was a shame because it totally killed all of his momentum. And you know that the guy that beat him is the one that booked the match. And it kind of just rubs you the wrong way, you know? Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, if if you were not going to have Archer win that match, and clearly you weren't going to, Cody was going to, if he's never going for the world title, he was going to be the first ever terrible neck tattoo champion. <laughs> <laughs> but... If you weren't going to book Archer to go over, you should have had some kind of schmoz ending or low blow or something take him out of the tournament before the final so that then he could be, you know, hell-bent on getting at Cody or the eventual champion being Cody and just let him go on a murder or murder hawk spree. Yeah. Because, like you said, it stalled all his momentum. And then now he, you know, when's the last time he was on TV? He, uh, last week, he was, uh, I don't know if it was a junkyard or somewhere, but he was throwing garbage. He was in some kind of junkyard throwing stuff, and Jake Roberts actually sold it. Like, Jake Roberts was actually afraid of him. And he's like, listen, he was telling the, whoever the guy was trying to get the interview, he's like, dude, you shouldn't be here right now. I don't even want to be here. Like, he's lost his mind. So they are going to try to make him, make him more psychotic now, I guess. Um, if you keep doing that for a little bit, just show him just being angry, consistently angry, until he finally does get his hands on Cody. I, I think he's Cody's gonna be the first one he goes through. Like if, he, if they just put him in some kind of random match against Marco Stunt again, like it's gonna do no help for him. I feel like he's gotta go right for Cody, right for that title. Um, but it's not gonna be a fighter fest, so you, you have to hold this off. I don't know if you hold out to uh, to all out, which is September. That's kind of far away. So I I, I don't know. Uh, then the last match they had booked on. AEW is Macup Jaquel Friedman against. Now I have to. I just have to use his first name because he's not allowed to use his last name against Billy because you can't use the last name Gun. So we're back to calling him Billy, 
And my question is, are we going to see a Chuck spot here? Is Chuck going to come out and help him? <laughs> That's the only thing that comes to mind when I see Billy without his last name. God, I hope so. <laughs> you look so good to me. How many people have used that music? Oh, that's. I, I might, I might go on YouTube and play. I, I would, I would love to play for everybody right now listening. I don't think we're allowed to. I think we'll get a, the old YouTube boot if we put on a, any type of copyrighted uh, music. It's unfortunate. But the one thing that is copyrighted that I can use is that these picks were brought to you by ProWrestlingPickem.com. Join uh, the Essential Wrestling Podcast pool to play against us and pick against us for pay-per-view events. And or you can create a pool with your friends if you don't want to play with us. That's fine. We don't need you. If you have your own set of friends that you want to play with, feel free to leave us out. Um, anything else? Any final touches on the week? We got about five minutes left here. Any, any questions, comments, criticisms on the week's events? Anything coming up? Um, John Smith, you can lead if you like. Um, I'm just, I just want to say I'm happy that Io Shirai finally became champion. I haven't been on the I, show since that happened, and I love the way she won. I, I mean, I love that she beat Charlotte Flair, but I don't like the fact that they couldn't have her pin Charlotte Flair. It wouldn't have, hurt, it wouldn't have damaged Charlotte in any way in a triple threat match to get like blindsided by an Io moonsault kind of like a reverse of what happened and so that kind of aggravated me the way that it ended but overall i just want to send out my love to io shirai and to oscar too because i love her more yeah as i say uh three of the four uh major women's champions singles champions oscar io shirai and hikuru shida all from japan Japan women representing in professional wrestling. Not as rep, not as good as Jersey girls, but they're doing all right. Those Japanese. <laughs> John DeConte, anything you want to throw out there uh, before we wrap this up? Uh, speaking of Jersey, uh, uh, do I spy a Jersey guy? Joey Janela is from Jersey, correct? Joey Janela is Jersey. Oh, that's right. Him and Sonny Kiss. Have, well, that's on tonight on Dark, right? Uh, I, I don't know. I just I'm, I was just going to ask you if you had any insight into whoever picked Sonny Kiss who picked him up in his car <laughs> after he was, you know, drinking alone. Yeah, that's yeah. Sonny Kiss is an interesting character. That guy, uh, that was a nice car too. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, uh, Joey Janela. Hopefully, they're gonna try to do something with him. I know he uh, he he tweeted something again. We go back to Twitter here. You know, he was a he was in the main event of the first AEW pay per view, in a note or a non sanctioned match against freaking John Moxley of all people, tore it down, and you haven't seen him since. Or you have, but it just has not been in any type of you know main event form against anybody even remotely close to John yeah. Moxley. Some kind of uh, tornado, you know. Also, rans and everybody else is over here. Kind of match seems to be the only time he shows up. Yeah, so, yeah. So hopefully, yeah. So hopefully, uh, Joey Jersey, Jersey Joey Janela. Oh, I like that. Jersey Joey Janela. Like that a lot. And I think uh, speaking of Jersey, you know, Deanna Perrazzo is supposed to be featured something uh, tonight. You know, she, you know, she jumped John John Deconi. You're uh, you're Jordan Grace girl, right? That's that's your girl. 
Absolutely. Yeah, so we might be uh, we might be doing some going to the war come slam anniversary. Uh, real quick, guys, we just want to uh, read some promotions for some upcoming shows um, here on the I ninety five Sports Network. Uh, that is powered by Blackjack Media Networks, and here on the Eastern Observer. See, John, you guys, you guys are my friends, but you know, I also have friends named Kurt, Kenny, Jim, and Petro. They are also on this network, and they will be oh, here oh. starting tomorrow night, starting at eight o'clock, as they talk all things sports on the K and K Sports Show. Now, I'm fine with that as long as they talk about non-scripted sports. If they want to talk about scripted sports, they need to come on this show. The Central like Roller Derby. I'm sorry, what was that? Like Roller Derby, you're saying? Yes, Walter. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so join our friends, Kurt, Kenny, Jim, and Petro, tomorrow night starting at 8 p.m. as they talk all things sports over at the K&K Sports Show, airing Wednesdays and Friday evenings live on Facebook and our sister station, the I-95 Sports Network. For more information, click uh, check out their Facebook page at the K&K Sports Show or visit i95sportsnetwork.com. Also, Episode 23 of the Primetime Rundown Zoom interview series returns on Thursday, June 18th, where my good friend, my producer, Joey Jarzenka, sits down with Fox Sports South and Atlanta Hawks play-by-play broadcaster Bob Rathbun starting at 6 p.m. right here on the Eastern Observer. And then we're going to drop some some social uh, drop some news here before it goes live on social media. I'm proud to be the first to announce uh, that the primetime rundown Zoom interview series will be welcoming former Major League Baseball player Scott Harrison on Tuesday, June 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So we have a former Major League Baseball player here on the network going to be sitting down with Joey Jarzenka, and that's going to be, again, on June 30th at 10 p.m. Uh, for more information on that, please go to theeasternobserver.com. Um Next week, uh, myself, Tyler should be back next week. He had some things to do tonight. He does send his love. Uh, he misses everybody that watches. I know, John, there we go. Next week, we'll be right back here on Tuesday nights again. We're staying on Tuesday nights uh, for episode eight. I believe episode eight, that was, the, that was a double main event, if I remember correctly. I think that was the first WrestleMania where the world title didn't main event it. <laughs> anyway. That was a forget. But next Tuesday night, we'll be back here live. Tyler will be back. Um, John Smith, John DeCani, thank you so much for coming in. Um, I appreciate you accepting the hot tag. Anything else before you uh, before you say uh, we say goodbye here, John Smith? No, just uh, thanks for having me on. And I just also want to say that when you watch John Moxley do a promo, it just reassures the fact why he's the champion. Yes, yes, it is. He's going to be. It's going to be tough to take that belt off him. Uh, John DeConi, you're going to close out the show with that infamous tagline. But anything else you want to say before that? Just thanks for uh, inviting me along again. It's a pleasure sharing the screen with you, John Smith, and always a pleasure uh, being in the back of your head, Al Carl, for the hot tag. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so very much for watching here on the uh, on the I95 Sports YouTube channel here on the Eastern Observer. Uh, we are presented by ProWrestlingPick'em.com. Play against your friends. Play against the universe. For John Smith, for King Kong Bundy, for John the Connie, my name is Al Carl. Alexa Bliss, we love you. John the Connie, it's all yours.
Thanks for joining us. And as always, we wish you the best in all your future endeavors.